Welcome to the Dramas with a Side of Kimchi, fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face mask, and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm Kay Muse. I'm Drama Geek. And I'm Carrie the Mockney. Don't forget that we have a Patreon page. We have a monthly episode we release exclusively for our Patreon supporters. This is especially, especially something you might want to join since we are almost to that yearly point where we can make a month Take a month off before we start a new season. If you join Patreon, we will you will have a wonderful backlog of episodes to keep you entertained throughout the month. We also release two Patreon episodes in December as a special thank you to our Kimchi VIPs. You can find the link in our show notes. Today we are wrapping up our Do You Like Brahms? Do You Love Brahms? I totally lost it. Anyway, the Brahms drama. <laughs> we are wrapping up our podcast. And so we ended on a kiss in episode eight, and now we're moving through the dark night of the soul. I'm pretty sure that lasted pretty much the entire drama. Anyway, for the entire second Really quick, I have to say, especially is a really hard word for me to say, and that's why I messed it up, because <laughs> I used to say I have lived in a many different parts of the country. And so I pick up things. I lived in the South for a long time. I was born in uh, South Dakota. So I have certain things. And it was one thing my husband pointed out to me. He no longer does it. But I used to say, as special, I can't even say it the way I used to say it. But I used to put like a Z in there. So when I saw that in the intro, I was like, Aah! so it freaked me out. Anyway, I had to say that quietly. <laughs> like, uh, it's just one of those things. Anyway, so I. I promise to never put that into a, <laughs> a thing again. The outline hits you every time. It's okay. It's okay. So we left off last time discussing all these sudden confessions, all which fizzled at some point in the second half. Which relationships did we enjoy seeing develop? <laughs> we will discuss the OTP later. Well, what am I going to discuss? And no, sorry. And which do we feel got too much screen time? So for me personally, the relationship that I enjoyed watching develop the most was Sung Ah and the director person of the foundation. Her, the woman that was like, Mm -hmm. used to be his manager or whatever. That was my favorite relationship aside from the OTP of the drama. I really, really enjoyed um, what she brought to to Song Ah's life and the all the changes that she made and all the decisions that she had to make and everything. I felt like she was like, there's some people that fall into your life that are like that very, like when you look back, it's like, wow, they were in my life for a reason. And she was that person for Song Ah. And then, which did I feel got too much scream time? Definitely the best friend and anything that had to do with her relationship or, or their relationship or anything like that. I never, she never had any kind of redemption to where I felt like I liked her and I could have totally done without her in the whole drama and been totally fine. <laughs> yeah. There was no payoff at the yeah. end when she came to Song Ah when Song Ah was just at her bottom most hit, hit had hit bottom. Mm-hmm. There was no payoff to having her there. Mm-mm. I think for me, um, I really enjoyed getting some closure with Jun Young and his mother. Mm. I thought that that was well done. They maybe focused on it a little too much, 
and the mom seemed to be kind of clueless, but she also seemed almost like an abused woman. Yeah. You know, where she mm-hmm. doesn't quite understand how things affect others because she's just kind of broken. I definitely got that kind of fact or um, feel about it. However, I did like in the last episode where he explained why he was frustrated. It wasn't necessarily just with her. It was with a lot of things in his life. And it, he kind of got closure <clears throat> there. And so if I can't pick Sangha and the um, lady that Jenny just said, I will say uh, the lead guy and his mom. So, Oh, and the one that I really hated, oh, the mopey princess and her ex-boyfriend, they just were on together way too much. And I like how they eventually like put their lives and where they went but I felt like we had to go through so much circling around the same thing over and over again to get there. And so I could have dealt with at least half of their relationship and been much more happier. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so the one I like watching develop was actually watching Song Ah and her family. And they connected with her individually, like each one of them, her mom, her dad, and her sister. You know, collectively, they seemed to kind of just want to rain on her parade when it came to music. But when they would come to her individually and offer comfort and support, I was just like, this is the relationship I wanted to see. So, and same with June Young and his mom. I think just them connecting with their families, just that made my heart happy. And then the one that I felt got too much screen time was those stupid professors that were like (laughs) being all catty and fighting with each other and (sighs) trying to undermine each other and... Just every horrible thing that they did because it was to one-up the other person or to make themselves look better. And I just, well, we know that I hated all the professors at that university. (laughs) Yeah, They were all such horrible people. uh -uh. There was not a good Uh, one in the bunch. Well, and I was actually glad that Mopey Princess wasn't going to be a part of that because Mm -hmm. she ended up being a lot better person than mm-hmm. any of those professors were. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't want her to go down that road. Yeah, I think they would have sucked her into the cesspit. All right, so now our OTP, they had some highs and they had some lows. Do we think that the writer focused too much on the lows or did the eventual highs of their relationship make it worth it? Okay, so I'm going to backtrack a little bit here. I've seen, um, I belong to a lot of weird groups on Facebook, things that you would never expect me to belong to, but one of them was, <laughs> a writer support group (laughs) I am not much of a writer but a lot of my friends were there and one of some of the uh, less experienced writers they delighted in doing what they called getting their hero stuck in a tree and then throwing rocks at him and I've come to realize as a more experienced reader and understander of stories that that's actually as kind of an immature approach to writing because it doesn't allow the character to grow. And I feel like that's a lot of what happened in this last half of Brahms. They, they were so miserable and just so torn down by everything that was happening to them that there wasn't a chance to grow. So when they finally did get their, their uh, chance, I don't know, it was episodes 12 through 14 that really, or 12 through 15, honestly, that were kind of miserable. Does that mm-hmm. sound about right? Came mm-hmm. you yeah, I, I would say maybe halfway through 15, there was a glimmer of light that things were going to get better. But it was only because the writer was like twisting it around to where they almost used the exact same words where now it was Sangha that needed the time to think. And, mm-hmm. you know, so you're like, oh, 
well, just think faster. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but, you know, so the writer definitely was just switching the characters around and rewriting the same thing again, I feel mm-hmm. like. And so and it was that, a little frustrating. Yeah, but, it was. Because used correctly, that can build really strong emotional emotional resonance. But here it did not. And so just having an episode and a half of a high after so much low, it was like, yeah, that's not enough to balance it out. I'm, I'm, I didn't hate episode 16, but it took a lot to get there. So when I look separately at just Sung Ah, because I have to, I have to have some type of like, because I agree with what you, everything that you just said. I do think that there was way too much of like, let's dump on all the misery, and I hated the professors. But when I just look at Sung Ah and the the journey that she had to go through from the beginning to the end, I do kind of I I see where the writer was going. Do I think that the writer got there in a manner that made it an enjoyable watch or something that I would go back and rewatch? No, you could not get me to go back and rewatch any of those episodes. But I do appreciate how hard it is and I've I've experienced this myself and then secondhand with my um, Mr. Drama Geek and stuff of when there's something that's so paramount to who you are and your dreams and how much like you've seen yourself going in one direction for so long, how much it takes to kind of redirect you and go, okay, there can be something else that makes me just as happy or happier without this specific thing that I've had my focus on. So again, I can see where the writer was going in in just hers and the, but the OTP like their highs and lows, ugh, I like I don't know. I I really don't think that those had to happen. Like there was there was so much non-communication that if they would have just sat down and had one con- and that's I hate that when in a in a book or in a movie it's like if you can just sit sit down and have one conversation and get things cleared up, then it would pro- it frustrates me. Now, do I really think that one conversation would work for them? No, because there was just so much that they were not communicating to each other. But I feel like once they got to the other side, that the reason they can't couldn't communicate to each other is there was too much going on in their separate lives that they hadn't learned how to communicate with each other or with anybody. With They just weren't good at that. And so they had to kind of get past those and then they could communicate with each other. So I, yeah, there was, there was too many lows for too long, but the, the ending of it, I really liked seeing them together. And I was happy that I was at least able to get a glimpse of like, okay, this is the couple I was hoping for when I first watched it. And dang, they still are great kissers. So that's amazing. (laughs) So, (laughs) So, you know. So I, I was so frustrated with the second half of the show. And I think a lot of it is I did like the aspect of them finding what their future was going to bring with them, that they had to think it through, that it wasn't just a set in stone. I'm a genius. I can do this kind of thing or in her her way. Oh, well, I'm not good at this, so I'm going to do this. You know, it took her a lot of effort to figure out exactly what she wanted to do with her life. And I liked that. However, it felt like. When they were in a professional low, the relationship had to be even lower. Yeah. The, you know, they couldn't have any happiness or any balance whatsoever. 
and you really started feeling the unbalance of that whole situation where everything is like, oh, could anything go worse? Oh, wait, yes, it did. You know, <laughs> and the and paper just... thinness of the other characters. There wasn't oh, a lot of depth. No. Like there were the other characters were very one note. So when everybody was on the same note in misery, the misery note, it, it was mm-hmm. a little bit unbearable. It was kind of hard. It was yeah. very unbearable and I was very frustrated and I might have like by episode 13, I ranted like, <laughs> for recapping this for the blog and I definitely ranted and I'm like, I don't even want to watch it to get screen caps. So we're going to just find like gifts for everything because I cannot deal with this show right now. It definitely was frustrating. I did enjoy the last episode, but because I was so frustrated, it felt like, oh, well, now they're just miraculously having everyone fix their emotional baggage. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't very realistic either. You know, no, all six or seven of the characters are not suddenly going to just be all happy and find closure. And, oh, look, I had an epiphany. You know, that it, <laughs> it was just too much of everything in every aspect of the storytelling. And so Can it I was add a very little... frustrating. Sorry. Can I add a little bit there? Yeah, go for it. I think I think what this writer missed was the opportunity for them to actually develop and deepen their relationship as they were going through their trials. So mm-hmm. instead of, you know, instead of sinking everything in misery, them growing stronger together as they shared their burdens. And I know that was one of Jun Young's uh, personality flaws was just that he didn't share. But I think that could have been changed. And then their relationship, especially where it ended up at the end, would have been more believable. And I think we would have rooted for them more. Mm-hmm. So what happened to the classical music? We had so much great music in the beginning of the show. And then it suddenly just disappeared until the very last like episode and a half. And then we had a lot of great classical music again. So I'm kind of wondering why with a show about classical musicians, did we not really see them play very much? <laughs> you guys can answer. <laughs> I think that the question itself told my opinion about that situation. <laughs> <laughs> to me again I think it would have elevated the drama had it been all classical music because I know drama geek and I were both kind of going why is this stuff in the in the OST talking about the indie pop mm-hmm. and I think because there's such a huge wealth of classical music out there there there's certain to be something for pretty much every mood that they were going for. So yes, I was also disappointed. And maybe it was just, now given that the actors all played their own instruments, maybe there wasn't enough time to practice and so they couldn't all play all the classical music, but that doesn't mean that you can't continue to use it for the OST. So those are my thoughts. I think, again, this writer had this certain image of those last few episodes and kind of put off a lot of things to the end because of that and didn't really do the groundwork in the middle. And so like that, I kept saying, are they ever going to play together? And I feel like the fact that they didn't practice once and then he played for her at her graduation thing or her, you know, that the ending scene, the writer really wanted that ending scene where they finally play together to be this like this shows how much they're meant they like they they're in tune with one another because mm-hmm. they're able to play with each other without really even having practiced and I 
I don't so play BS. an instrument. Completely. I don't play an instrument, but I do sing or I did inquire and all that kind of stuff. And even if you've watched somebody play, there's just there's something that you happens you you need to practice together. Like you need to have that to figure and he, yes he could play the song and it wasn't even a song that you've seen him practice anyway i think that image yeah, was in because it was a brahms song right and he hadn't really yeah, played that much so yeah so practiced it and they yeah. wanted they wanted you to see that difference of like when she's practicing with other people and how fulfilled and happy she was at that last scene now they they did an amazing job i loved watching her play with him and I really I loved that scene but I feel like that scene caused a lot of the classical music stuff to just kind of fall through in the middle of it because and even the because in the beginning they were using a lot of classical references and weaving that kind of into a lot of the dialogue and the different things but that kind of dropped off too during the misery and then at the end those last two episodes they really brought in a lot of that back into it so I feel like maybe those middle episodes they just didn't have I don't know there's just like it's just kind of disappeared for a while and then came back so I do think that they really want and even the the scene with them playing together for the commemoration of the that that having them play together again was also something that the writer kind of had in their head of like wanting that to be special too so I think it was just and I I do honestly feel if you've got the people there actually the ones playing the instruments and it's not just them kind of mimicking the moves and stuff that does limit you if they're not you know able to play lots of different varieties and stuff so that's a very practical reason why there wasn't as much but I do feel that for the type of drama that it was that it made it lacking in that middle part because it was just kind of absent. Agreed. And speaking as a musician, because I do play the piano, there is no way. I mean, I am not a, a genius. I have met a piano genius and maybe he could pull it off. But yeah. I, I'm not sure that Jun Young was the kind of genius where he could just sit down and play something that he's never touched flawlessly. Yeah. It, for I mean, her, I mean, yeah, he, that, I mean he, maybe he had yeah. been playing around with it and we just didn't see. But we just got to see him playing those boring songs over and over with his professor. And I'm like, if I have to see them in one more scene together it was so boring and and just like again the professors sucked so yeah i think that's our next topic which character ticked us off the most in the second half and i i think we have a consensus on that maybe i don't know duster professor whatever she out of everybody made me the most I, I wanted to skip her scenes, but I also wanted to watch them just so I could fuel my hate fire. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just did not like her at all. She used Sung-A every second that they were together and then never, ever once even tried to be a professor to her. So it just made me so mad. I wanted to beat her with the duster, <laughs> like physically just smack her with the duster over and over and over again. So that was that was my fantasy as I had to sit through those episodes watching her be a horrible person. Well, I felt a little more strongly, if I remember right, when we were chatting about it in our little chat thread. Mm. Oh, um, nose to navel, I, I think. <laughs> yes. Well, we were talking about Ever After and how she was in Ever After. She threatens to slit the bad guy from nose to navel or navel to nose or something. But anyway, 
I thought that would have been too kind for her, but maybe doing that and then burning the feather duster and making her hold it so that yeah. she had to smell the burning feathers. I mean, it was getting elaborate. I really, really did not like her. Yeah. Yeah. No, she was horrid. So on a more positive note, which character had the most growth in the second half of the drama? And surprisingly, I'm going to have to say Mopey Princess. <laughs> she did have a lot of growth, and I don't think that the others did grow as much or at all, or even had a layer to grow upon. So she was definitely one of the few that the the writer did flesh out as a character. And yes, at least half of the time she enraged me because she was selfish and annoying. But I loved seeing her become a teacher and kind of finding her own place and the relationship she had with her grandmother uh, with the highs and lows. It was a very beautiful relationship in the end. And you could see her taking on the role that her grandmother had in inspiring young musicians and trying her best to help them on their way. And so I really enjoyed seeing that there was more beyond the mope. And I just, uh, I have to agree with all of that. I was shocked that she had character growth because the first half of the drama did not indicate that she would have anything whatsoever. And I would also say that Song Ah grew too. It wasn't the growth maybe that I wished for for her, but she got more brave. And that was something that she struggled with, with throughout the first part of the drama. So to see her be brave, even if it meant breaking up with Jun Young, that I, I hated that moment, but I also understood it because she was finally standing on her own two feet. I would have to say the only character left that I felt had growth <laughs> was Jun Young. And his growth was excruciating at points. And I just wanted him to to share, just talk to somebody, just communicate, just anything. But I do feel by the time the drama was over, even if some of it was a little bit brushed under the rug and hurried and everything, that he did eventually become with her, like open and they're able to discuss things and unburden himself and everything. But it took a lot, but he did grow. So, All right. So what would we have changed if we had a choice? Well, episodes 12 through 15. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think. And as we mentioned before, I think there were a lot of missed opportunities with the relationship development with our OTP. I think it could have been deeper. I don't think it had to be as miserable as it was. And I think there was just a lot that could have been done to make us root for them and root for their growth and for the growth of their relationship together. And so that's, if I was the editor for this writer, that's what I would have gone back and changed. I would have, I would have told her to just try again. Make it better. And I think that I would have said you need more time where they're actually talking and sharing music with each other. Um, And that's where, again, they just magically play with each other at the end and are able to do it and everything. I just feel like there were there are many moments where what I pictured at the beginning and what we discussed in our last uh, podcast and everything was that I felt like she was going to help him which she did. Eventually he was able to play and do it on his own and not play stuff the way that his professor had taught him to play. And he, he eventually loved the music and enjoyed playing. I don't know if that groundwork was shown in what we saw. So I would have wanted, I wanted to see a little bit more of him helping her realize that there was more to music than just playing the violin 
and her being able to help him see that he could enjoy music and didn't have to play the way that he wanted to and not have to do so much of it on their own while being miserable. For my choice, I think I would have given the side characters a lot more depth. Yeah. They were so one note that it was painful Mm -hmm. and there's no amount of good OTP chemistry that's going to fix the whole drama. And because they had so little characterization it just anytime they were on other than the main two couple the main couple as well as mopey princess anytime the other characters were on that were in the love triangles it was just excruciating to watch and so there needed to be some fleshing out of characters they had to have something more beyond just a three bullet point characterization and so Mm -hmm. So out of 10, how many kimchi, crunchy stars, tasty, spicy, crunchy stars are we going to give that we rate this drama and would we recommend it? I had to sleep on it. And when I first woke up, I was going to give it one rating because I wanted to be able to have it. Like I rate when I recommend stuff, usually I'll go to a certain rating. And because I really liked their performances and I even more than their characters, I loved their performances from this that I would want to recommend this couple. I was going to give it one star rating, but I changed mine because I looked in the dramas that were also in that rating and I was like, it just doesn't deserve to be in that because the writing was so weak in this. I So I'm going to give it seven, seven stars because of the writing. We all know that for me, more important than anything else is whether the story is well written. And this just, it wasn't. It They had such potential, and I loved the OTP so much when they were awkward and early on in their connection, but that totally fizzled in the second half, and even if they brought it back in the last 10, 15 minutes, that doesn't make up for all the episodes of just having to persevere and sit through it. Like, if I hadn't have been recapping this, I probably would have ditched it about episode 13, 14. And so for me, I'm going to give it, I'll be generous and give it a six, but it's definitely between a five and six for me. I would not recommend. Yeah, I would say maybe tops, I would give it a 6.5, but even then I'm not sure I'd be comfortable with it. I would not recommend it. Music aside, yeah, I just, I can't. The writing did not hold up to the the premise. But the OTP was so amazing. (laughs) <laughs> not the, not the not necessarily the characters, but like their performances and their chemistry and the like the the first half of it. It's kind of like something in the rain where they're. I've seen I see clips of that all the time where I'm like, oh my gosh, there that couple had so much potential. But I wouldn't recommend that drama. So I don't know, I don't know. If this is this is still that same level. So now to have some fun, since there was so much angsting that we had to get through in the second half, we don't want to leave the listeners on a negative note. So we're going to play a quick little game where I have in my hand a list of the characters. And keep in mind, this is the characters in the show, not the actors. So don't confuse the two. And we are going to randomly choose two names and then randomly choose a genre or a trope. Uh, like, for example, a se- Sejuk or Teenage Rom-Com. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's various ones. 
And then I will randomly choose a fangirl. Actually, that part's already done because I did it earlier <laughs> for the outline. <laughs> and that fangirl has to create a backstory of those characters to that specific trope. Feel free to be as random and silly as you want since this show needs a teeny bit of levity. <laughs> Okay, and I am the first one, so I am going to go and pick out of my bag. Dun, 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 dun. All right, two characters. I have the annoying publicist and the dusting professor. <laughs> the two that you would not want to see in a drama, so let's see what genre I have. A steamy, adulterous affair that might lead to a murder <laughs> or divorce. Okay, there will be no nippy bearing in this one. <laughs> okay, so my synopsis is that the dusting professor is actually a housewife who is forced to clean her house all day long because her husband is total OCD and obsessed with cleanliness. And across the way, she sees the annoying publicist, who I assume is a publicist in this story. I don't know. That's just his <laughs> nickname. I don't know his real name. He's still annoying. And he's the mopey husband across the hall. And one day, as she's taking out the trash, she meets him in the hallway, also taking out the trash. And their eyes meet, and they begin an affair. Only to be both murdered in a very suspicious car accident where they get hit by a white truck. That's driven by KMU's Drama Geek and Mockney. driven by the evil professor's wife. Because I don't think anything would care if Dusting Professor left. <laughs> I am sure there are plenty of maids that could equally feel the dusting needs of any man. And then they're dead. And I'm happy. Because <laughs> they're dead. <laughs> so it's a revenge drama, I see. Well, That's they funny. die. And then I'm sure it goes into hot people trying to investigate and figure out what happened to their murder. And <laughs> they can be the cool characters that fall in love and investigate and sleuth. But these two do not in, um, deserve anything good. So. <laughs> All right, now that you guys know what you're supposed to be doing, drama geek. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm picking your people. Doo -doo 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 -doo. All right, you get mopey princess mm -hmm. and music grandma in a seguk. <laughs> <laughs> what would they be doing? Well, mopey princess... And I apologize. I I mowed lawn today, and I am really starting to feel this headache coming on. And I'm saying that as an excuse because it's probably gonna be lame. <laughs> <laughs> you can't beat murdering your evil spouses with a truck well, of doom. Mo Mopey princess. I know I the bar high. Mopey princess is being sent off to a different country because she is the like she's going to be the the love gift or the peace offering so she's being sent off to a different country as a peace offering and she has to marry um somebody who's really bad at music and so then she has to listen to him play music all the time and his 
mother is the uh his her grandmother in the show whatever her name was and she is somebody who also loves music but is horrible at it and she makes the mopey princess play the violin kind of like the what is the the dancing where they had a dance or whatever so she has to play it 24 hours a day to please the 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 king or the per whoever she's she's marrying yeah like Scheherazade there we go yeah so that is her fate she's going to play until she drops although i really right. liked her character by the end not really really liked her character, but i okay liked her character Maybe there will be like a handsome doctor who helps her get over her illness after <laughs> yes. she passes out. There's a horse doctor that shows up. <laughs> There's hope. Could, There's hope for her. Who could, so I wouldn't wish her like no husband and cats. Like I yeah. hope that she's happy someday. <laughs> the horse doctor comes and rescues her from having to play until her death. And they ride off into the sunset with the horse and never have to listen to music again. Okay, we are now to carry the Machne, our final contestant. You have Desperately Seeking Love Bestie and Song Ah in, let's see, what's your thing? Teenage Rom-Com. Oh, you're mean. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I called her the Clueless Bestie in the recaps for very clear reasons. Um, so let's see, we'll say, well, I could just, I mean, their story could be transplanted straight out of a teen rom-com, you know, the love triangle of the brash girl trying to get the attention of the, the handsome boy that's head of the class. And then Song Ah just very quietly loves him from a distance. Yeah. That's pretty much the plot of unrequited love. Hang on. Let me think of something better. (laughs) How about they're both top students in this teen rom-com and competing for the number one spot in their class, but both are distracted by the boys who play basketball because it's always basketball and end up becoming cheerleaders for the basketball team as part of some convoluted competition to catch the main player's eye. Yeah, we'll go with that. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I can see Clueless Bestie. Like trying to make her skirts extra short for <laughs> the cheerleading competition. And Song so. just like half heartedly doing pom poms in the background because this is really not her thing, but she's supporting her friend. <laughs> it's like Ooh, extroverts but... unite. Sounds <laughs> 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 good. And with that, we're going to say goodbye to Do You Like Brahms? Hopefully, our next podcast will have a little bit more positive second half. I don't know what it'll be or when it'll be. Well, it'll be in season four. Can you believe that we are in season season four? four. Yeah, it's crazy. That is so crazy. So we will be doing a new podcast for the new beginning of 2021. Hopefully it'll be a very exciting year for us. So on that note, thanks for joining us for this episode. Feel free to send us your thoughts and feelings about the podcast. And if there's a specific actor or theme you'd like us to discuss in season four, then please let us know. We We love love blogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say, and we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than typing. 